following is a production of Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. of 83 to infinity my name is john brown alongside my partner mike jones Who? mike jones i think i heard of him before well you know he, he has a he has a very interesting story because back then they ain't wanted what happened now? apparently they're all on it my bad yeah well look man i'm glad you're in a good mood you seem to be in a good mood seem to be chilling right now. You seem to be in a good place. I'm cool. You cool? I'm cool. All right, well, look. Unlike some of our, our, you know, fellow fans, I'm cool. Why are you so cool? Because I'm not, I mean, it's been a couple of days. Good things happen. Good things happen. Good things happen. Okay. What, what, what good things happen? Sixers lost in game seven. Six, Sixers lost in Game Seven. Mm-hmm. How was that? A, wait, <laughs> I really wish the people could see your face right now. Yeah. It's, a, it's a blend of true confusion and yeah. utter disgust. Yeah, yeah. There, 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 there's <laughs> like, like, bewilderness. There's be- bewilderment. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Little, little bit of disgust. I mean, <sighs> would, would you like for me to explain what I mean? I. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, now, to be clear, mm-hmm. I am never a fan of the Sixers losing. I, I would hope not, because the fact that we're on a podcast that covers the Sixers, that discusses Sixers. Uh, that, I, that I would... root for the Sixers to win. Yes. But more than I root for the Sixers to win one game, mm-hmm. I root for the Sixers to win championships. Okay. And this season in particular – with this current iteration of the Sixers team, as talented as they are, mm-hmm. I did not have championship aspirations for this group. Okay. There was a limited amount of time to work together, 24, 25 games for the top, for the real core, the starting five mm-hmm. intact, maybe 25 games. You got your. Let's be honest. Your most gifted, your most physically talented player yes. is 22 years old and has a lot of work to do before he's really championship ready. Yeah. Or at least ready to lead a team to a championship. No. I think I'll say it that way. I won't say championship ready, but ready to lead a team to a championship. You've got Tobias Harris, who was never in the playoffs before. Mm-hmm. Joel Embiid, who's a monster and can be completely dominant, but n- probably needed a little bit of a reality check. Okay. And Jimmy Butler, who is the adult in the room, as the coach put it. Mm-hmm. But I think while some people 
saw the starting five and got excited and were like, ooh, championship. I don't think this was the year to expect that. But I think you saw marked improvement from this team. Yes. You went seven games with the Toronto team that I think was better than the Boston team you lost to in five games last year. Okay. You and it and in the and seven, you lost on and you lost and in on seven a last, games it yeah. came down to literally to a, the a last, last second, second shot that bounced about three hundred and sixty. The horn had gone off yeah. before the ball went in the hole to put you out. Mm-hmm. You were tied at the game about looking at overtime and it came down to the last second, a miraculous buzzer beater that literally bounced four times mm-hmm. before it went in. Yeah. And did you see Joel Embiid after the game? Yes. Devastated. Yes. Long term, that may be the best thing that ever happened to his basketball career. Okay. He now, last year, he's like, okay, I was out of shape. I was hurt down the stretch. This year, he missed some games down the stretch. But I think this year was that realization, I have to make a real commitment to being ready to play every game. I look at the Sixers now, and I compare them to Denver. I felt like Denver walks away from this season with a little bit of optimism because they are at the beginning of their run. Denver is this year what the Sixers were last year. It was after years of them being absolutely horrible, them being deliberately horrible. Years of that, you had a glimpse of it that first, that uh, you had a glimpse of, of it, like a small little taste. Last year. Uh, well, two years ago when, when, when you first saw Embiid play. They won 30 games. You know, they won 30 games. and you know it, it was He still, played limited games, limited but minutes. Still, but in but that, you can see his you, effect on you, the court. You saw, like, okay, all right, if this guy can somehow put it together health-wise, he's going to be special. Absolutely. And, and, and honestly, to a lesser extent, you saw Dario and you're like, okay, he could be good too. Dario I'm had not, physical limitations, mm-hmm. but he was a ball player. Yeah, you saw he is you, a ball player. You saw that you're you're like okay, here's a draft where we you know here's a draft where we waited three years to see those players, mm-hmm. and now that we've seen them, we got ball players. Exactly. You know, and this is what we want. This is what we've wanted this whole time. Let me shout out if if I may if I may let me shout out my man Dan Roche from NBC Sports Philadelphia mm-hmm. because it was a conversation that he and I had in the newsroom of NBC Sports Philadelphia one time in, in, in the middle of, air quotes, the process. And basically we were just talking about what the team had. And basically Dan Rose, we all affectionately call him Booney, said, hey man, this team needs to get some MFers that can play. <laughs> That's what he said. Mm-hmm. Like this team needs to get some M efforts that can play, and then you and saw him be. Right. Yeah, he was absolutely right. But you saw him be. You saw Dario, and I looked at him, and I'm like, "These guys can play." You happy with these? Now, now Dario didn't turn out to be a star, but he was. He got good enough that you could use him to get you, Jimmy Butler. Uh, Jimmy Butler. So to me, that's a success. You're you're able to flip Dario Saric and get Jimmy Butler. Dario Saric mm. and Robert Covington, Covington, who was what a second round, second draft round, pick? yes, 
Yeah. To me, yeah. So for for me, the fact that you could take two process players and get a player like Jimmy Butler, process success. Absolutely. However, however, but what I'm saying is that first year, last year, Sixers in the playoffs, mm-hmm. you were a little, you were happy to be there. You were at, that's true. You, after everything the team had been through the previous four years, I always you were absolutely happy to be there. You're you're a basketball junkie like I'm a basketball junkie. Mm-hmm. Let me take you in the way back machine because there's a a, a, a basketball moment that kind of always sticks out in my mind. Houston against Minnesota, first round of the playoffs. I believe Houston sweeps Minnesota. This is Minnesota with KG and Stephon Marbury. Houston moves on. Mm-hmm. Minnesota, who had been garbage since they came into the league, get their first taste of the playoffs. End of that game, Charles Barkley pulls Stephon Marbury and KG aside. And you see how, you know, at the end of the series, you always see the yeah. players playing, you know, players talking or whatever. He pulls, he pulls Steph and he pulls KG aside. And they're talking whatever, you know. So after after the game, after everything, they asked they asked Barkley, what did you say to those two guys? And he was saying, hey, I hope y'all enjoyed this because now it's expected. The first year is always the most fun because, you know, you know there are no expectations. You're just there for the ride. But from now on, it's expected. Philadelphia in their first year going to the playoffs after the process mm-hmm. got to the second round. Exactly. At that point, nobody was trying to see a first round exit. There were a lot of people, realistic or unrealistic, who felt like this season would be a failure if they didn't get to the NBA finals. Once again, that's not the that's not the point of the discourse. I see your face. However, there were plenty of people in the Philadelphia, in the Philadelphia fan base who felt like it was NBA Finals or bust. Remember what play- I said about Boston fans? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't apply to just Boston. No, fans. no, oh no, yeah, yeah, it's universal. However, there were still and there were still people who felt like okay, maybe not NBA Finals, but Eastern Conference Championship. Yeah, there there was a lot of that talk as well. Eastern Conference Championship. You look at this series. Now look, realistically, realistically, Toronto was a better team. Yes. We knew Toronto was a better team. Correct. We knew the we knew as good as the Sixers could be, they weren't as good as Milwaukee and they weren't as good as Toronto. That I disagree slightly. Okay. I think the Sixers absolutely could beat Milwaukee. You think so? Absolutely. The okay. Ma- they match up very. They match well up better. They match up better than they do Toronto. Toronto, I thought was a terrible matchup. For okay. The Sixers. Okay. Either way, the fact of the matter is they finished third in the league, so they had to get through a terrible matchup to get to Milwaukee. So it was going to be hard enough for the Sixers to even get to Milwaukee, and to get to you know, but none, but nonetheless, there's a lot of disappointment. In Philadelphia, there is a lot of disappointment. There's a lot of finger pointing. I talked about in the last segment how Denver's optimistic. Mm-hmm. In Houston, there's finger pointing. In Boston, there's a lot of finger pointing. In Philly, there's some finger pointing. 
There is some blame. There, there are plenty the, of people who are putting blame on Joel right. Embiid for not staying now, healthy. Now, now I'm a hop and, in right uh, here. Oh, oh, a, I, I know the, you do. Let me just finish my point because I'm, I'm almost done. Let me finish my point and then I will step aside and I'll let you go in. There are a lot of people pointing the finger at Joel Embiid because of his health, and there are a lot of people uh, bl- blaming Ben Simmons who feel like he has his game has not evolved enough. This is the first offseason. And that's why I wanted to stop you. Okay. I, let, let, that's let me, exactly let, why I wanted okay, to stop let, you. I, I know you do. Let me, I, I'm, I'm almost finished. Let me, let me make this point. I'll, I'll, I will gladly concede the floor because I feel like there are people who – there are people – this is the well. Let me say this. This is the first season, uh, the first season, the first off season, the first summer that Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons have some heat on them. They're going to feel that Philadelphia heat. There's some ire, you know. They're, they're they're drawing some ire, right or wrong, fair or foul. The fact of the matter is, there's heat on those two guys for the first time in their career, and it will be interesting to see how those two players react. I like what I've seen so far. It's you know, they were bothered. They were angry. Joel Embiid said a lot of things that that you know, encouraged player, uh, encouraged fans in this fan base. You know, he came in, he was very, you know, he he blamed himself. He 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 publicly and verbally held himself accountable for his health and his conditioning. Ben Simmons, maybe not as much. I liked what he said. You know, he 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 vowed to continue to work on his game. I think there are people in this city. There are people in this city who were who have an issue with him still working out with his brother. I think that's kind of silly. There are people who have an issue with him playing for the Australian national team. I equally think that's silly. But nonetheless, they got some heat on them. And it, and this is the first time they've had heat on them. All right. Now, I'm going to get through this as quickly as I can. Okay. Because we've got a lot of we got to get to other stuff in this segment. <laughs> Regardless of your feelings about Ben Simmons, and I like Ben Simmons, his game has not evolved. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest about that. Okay. Zero evolution in his game. Zero. From the time you first saw him step on an NBA court until now, there's not one thing you could say when you watch him play he does differently. Mm-hmm. Maybe some things have gotten a little better. But as far his game has not evolved. He actually actually, he can't just improve his current working skill set. That's not good enough for Ben Simmons. He has to truly evolve and expand his game. And that he has not done at this point. At this point, Ben Simmons, I don't know whether it's from a lifetime of coddling or overconfidence or fear or what what it is, but he has a comfort zone that he plays in. And until he steps outside of that current comfort zone, he is what he is. I don't think that he's hit his ceiling. 
I think he's very capable of stepping outside of that comfort zone and developing into an all-world player. That is not what we've seen from Ben Simmons at this point. My true hope is that somewhere this summer, Jimmy Butler, a guy who knows what it's like to get in the NBA and have to evolve your game, specifically on the offensive end, grabs a hold of Ben Simmons and says, come on, you're with me this summer. Let's go to work. That's truly my hope. But at this point, that's a wait and see type of thing. Because from year one with the broken foot to year two, year two he played, and then from year two to this was year three, year two on the court, we've seen zero evolution from Ben Simmons. He's still completely unwilling to shoot the jump shot. He still looks timid at times attacking the rim because he doesn't. he's not always completely comf- confident in his free throw shot. You still see him leave his feet when he gets in the lane and then be in the air looking to pass, which leads to turnovers. These are the things which, as a point guard specifically, you would think he'd be working hard to develop. The ability to space the floor and create more room for his teammates. The ability to make more solid decisions and not just get up in the air and see what happens, make the instinct play. You can get away with that at lower levels. You can get away with that in college because you're so much more talented than everyone else. Pros, everyone's an all-star, all, all ACC, all Big East, all Big Ten. Mm-hmm. These are all, these are who the guys are that are in this league. Mm-hmm. Mental mistakes and thinking you're going to get by on talent alone don't work in the NBA. We've seen a lot of guys fall short because they thought they could get by on their talent without doing the the little things they need to do to really polish their skill set. So when I say I haven't seen evolution yet from Ben Simmons, I haven't. I've seen improvement in certain things. But no. Evolution in his game, this is going to be a big summer for Ben Simmons. But I also think he's very capable of it. I think Jimmy Butler in his in his postseason, in his exit interview, exit press conference that he did, Sounds like a man who wants to be back. Mm-hmm. Tobias Harris gave me the impression he wants to be back. This was his first of the taste of the playoffs, and they went all the way down to the wire of a game mm-hmm. seven I, with a team that still has a fairly young core and only 25 games together. They're expecting to be back and expecting to be better. Things are on the up for the Sixers. Mm-hmm. There's pressure. Yes, like you said, there's – going to be for the first time in Ben Simmons' life some real pressure to get better. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, you're the man. You, mm-hmm. It's not that anymore for Ben Simmons. The stuff is about to get real for Ben Honeymoon's Simmons. Honeymoon's over. Honeymoon's over. Honeymoon's over. Hey, man, but, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I don't want to cut you off. Now, Joel Embiid, however, for him, I think the honeymoon was already over. What I think this year was, was people just, I don't want to call it a honeymoon. I want to call it 
people been wanting to see he can get through a season without a real inju- without an injury, and he did. No real injuries for Embiid this year. Oh, yeah, but My, I think minor pe- pe- bumps and bruises. I think people and- will point to his post All Star missing all those games post All Star game. Mm-hmm. Now the knee soreness, yeah. the tendonitis, whatever now, you want to call it. I, I guess in by definition, it was not a quote unquote major injury. Mm-hmm. But I think people will people will look at the time he spent on the bench, time time away, games missed, and kind of equate the two and bring draw the two together. But from, now, from that standpoint, though, I think Embiid at this point in his career and going forward, most people are going to be happy with sixty five, seventy games a year from Embiid. I, I think I, I think that's about yeah, the honest but, expectation but I, from him. I I agree. But I honestly also feel like with – had it been 65, 67 games and those missed games were more spread out over the season mm-hmm. and he finished with 67 games, I think you would be pleased. Whereas it was a bunch of games in the second half of the season. Because it was so many games – you know, so many games – in a row, so many games clumped together. More people associate that with another injury. People need to pay more attention. They're not. It's people not are people. People are people. People are people. But I feel like Joel on He needs to commit to his diet, his conditioning. Okay. Yeah. He, needs, he needs to commit Agreed. to making sure Agreed. his body is fully prepared for whatever is going to come over the course of an 82-plus game NBA season. Agreed. He can't plan for 82 games. He has no. to plan for 100 games. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Because this plan, this team has plans to go deep into playoffs. Yeah. I, honestly, and I feel like that we, we live in a day and time where I feel like maybe once upon a time the thought of a nutritionist – thought of, you know, a cook, a chef, whatever, might have kind of seen, might might have come off and had a stigma just being corny, Mm -hmm. unnecessary, something you don't want to do. But nowadays, you can find nutritionists, you can find cooks who can come in and hook up a meal that is healthy that you are going to like. It's like, okay, it doesn't have to be you, like, you and I, you know, we might have to deal with the corny cook because we just can't afford more, you know? Mm-hmm. If we want to eat healthy, you know, we gotta we gotta figure it out. But now Joel and B could probably get somebody who's cool, you know what I mean? Who's cool, who can hook up a good meal and get you right. And it's not like Joel and B, it's not like you remember Fat Shaq, not 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 Shaq Diesel, not Orlando Shaq, not even first year in Miami Shaq when he was just diesel. I'm talking like Boston Shaq. First year in Miami was fat. No, first year in Miami he was Diesel Shaq, but nah, second he was, year the, nah, he, was second, and he was fat. He was fat. he start well, he started Diesel Shaq. He was just less fat mm-hmm. than he was in L.A. Okay, so okay, pe- okay, okay. Too so pe- people okay. remember okay. him as being nah. Okay. He, he was fat in Miami. Okay, he just wasn't 370 pounds like he was the okay. last year in L.A. So when they was, lost to the Detroit. Yeah, okay, so he was like 320 pounds. Nah, he was bigger than like that. Like 350? Shaq at 320 was in shape. That's mm-hmm. a big dude. Mm-hmm. Shaq at 320 was still winning okay. championships with the Lakers. Right. The, the, the fact that the Shaq fact at when, when, 350 mm-hmm. was the last man down court. Is Joel Embiid fat? 
not I'm not yet. saying I'm not saying out of shape. I'm saying is he fat? No, he's not fat. I mean, because clearly he seemed out of shape. Mm-hmm. These are two different. Because I'm uh, I'm trying to make two different points. Because I'm not debating that Joel and B was out of shape. No, he was definitely out play- of shape. You know, especially in the playoffs. But he wasn't fat. He was heavier. Heavier. He was above. Out of shape. He was above his normal above his weight. weight. But he was. But he wasn't fat. Bottom line is, there's something that you can work with. Mm-hmm. You're at a point where you can where you can curb this before this gets egregious. Absolutely. That's where he is with this, and I think in I think Joel more than Ben is capable of saying the right things. Whereas when Joel and whether or not he can do it, whether or not he will do it is another story. But when Joel speaks on something, fans walk away, you know, satisfied. Whereas Ben might give an answer that in essence, when you listen to it, you're like, okay, all right, it's cool. But there'll be more people nitpick. You know, he, he doesn't say enough to stop the nitpicking. Like I think, I'm I'm going back to his uh his uh end end season interview, and I believe it was how I believe it was asking that was grilling him, and grilling and but he was giving him one one word answers and people were killing him about it, but the one word answers were what you want to hear. Are you going to work on your game? Yeah. What else you need him to say? You asked him was he going to work on it? He says yes. Now, if he doesn't work on it, that's a whole nother story. But I don't need him. But you, I feel I don't need him to expound on this. Hey, you want to work on your game? Yeah, cool. Now all you got to do is work on your game. There, I disagree, and I disagree because mm-hmm. you do need Ben Simmons to expound because Ben Simmons, for all his positives, mm-hmm. is not a guy who's ever acknowledged his flaws. You think so? Okay, and. And he seems somewhat hesitant to accept any kind of public mm. criticism or public acknowledgement of his flaws, which I think is in itself a flaw. Mm. His f- almost fear or reluctance, to, for example, of shooting jump shots. I'm not great at it, so I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to accept those flaws, be willing to. L- People are going to see you have flaws. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. That's so, that, that's something I think needs to be okay. addressed with Simmons. Well, let me, let me, I per, personally, for me, I disagree with you, and this is why I disagree. To me, I would, for me, mm-hmm. I would rather see it. I think seeing that improvement is more important than him articulating it to me. Now I'm now I'm not saying that he will. I'm not promising that he will. However, I need. All right. I, I would rather. See, I, I agree. I I need to see. It. Not, see, I, agree. I don't. I don't you, we of course we want to see it, mm-hmm. but with a guy who at this point we haven't seen any hints of that from. Okay. And we also haven't seen any hint of him acknowledging his flaws. Mm-hmm. It seems a safe bet that the first step to actually addressing those flaws and being able to see it 
is actually accepting that they exist. Mm -hmm. He doesn't seem to accept that they exist sometimes. Uh, Well, I will say this. He doesn't publicly do it. And for, for me, being somebody who only sees him on television, who only sees him through press conferences, who only see, you know, who I see him through my bubble. And, you know, I was there with you until game, I believe it was game one. Mm-hmm. Game one of Toronto? Of Bro- no, game one of the Brooklyn okay. series. Okay. Sixers stunk it up. Stunk it up. Yes, they Bad. did. Bad. Yeah. Joel and B, we talked about this for mm-hmm. briefly before. Yeah. Kind of made some comments that led us into Ben Simmons' psyche about him having a fear of the booze and mm-hmm. such, yeah. which is part of what I'm basing my a teammate's assessment mm-hmm. of his hesitance to mm-hmm. be criticized or booed. Mm-hmm. That says something, and I don't want to say that he'll never get there because I'm the first one to tell people he's 22 years old. He's yeah. a, he's a kid still. He's tw- he's 22 years old, and I I feel. I feel like that is an understated that but, is an understated element. Let me look because honestly, I feel like people nowadays in this in this era of sports dialogue, people want to make sweeping you know want to make sweeping indictments of players. Sweep sweeping indictments. Here it is, you know what? Ben Simmons will never get better. Ben Simmons will never de- develop a jump shot. How can you say that against 22 years old? Now, I I differ in your in how you view evolution. I understand what you said about the, about you feeling like you have not seen evolution in Ben Simmons's game. Mm-hmm. I understand that. However, I I tie improvement into evolution. And to me, I feel like the improvement that the improvements in Aspects of in performance, mean meaning more points, more rebound, more rebounds, better field goal percentage, better free throw percentage. Mm-hmm. To me, that gives me hope for more evolution. I under I am not, and I feel like when you say, I feel like people treat when you say that as if saying he does not need to develop a jump shot. Of course, he needs to develop a jump shot. That's not what. His need to develop a jump shot goes without saying. You know it. I know it. Stevie Wonder could see that he needs but to develop a jump shot. Now, I, and I saw you in this debate on social media this week, and I stayed out of it I intentionally hmm? because I absolutely thought you were wrong. Okay. Because I forgot who it was you were d- discussing uh, it with. Uh, I think a reporter from a reporter uh, from so, Yeah, but, yeah. But you, he said Ben Simmons did his game hasn't evolved, hmm? and you said he was making sweeping indictments. When I read his statement, I didn't think he was making any indictments at all. Mm-hmm. I actually agreed with him mm-hmm. completely. And I say that because as I start as I as I mentioned earlier, you can work on the same stuff you're already doing, mm-hmm. but what that translates into on the court, you're still doing the same things you were always doing. Mm-hmm. You might be a little more efficient. Mm-hmm. But your game is the same. What I took from what he was that reporter was saying mm-hmm. was Ben Simmons actually has to develop and evolve and expand and start using different parts of of the game, start venturing out into different things. Mm-hmm. That's what I took when I hear someone say your game needs to evolve. Mm-hmm. 
that's what I'm hearing. Okay. If, well, listen. Okay, like, I'm sorry. Like, if ahead, I hear, okay, Andre Iguodala needs to improve his jump shot. That's not me hearing Andre Iguodala's game needs to evolve. Andre Iguodala's game was actually very complete. He just couldn't shoot. Mm-hmm. So he needed to work. But the overall feel of the game, the timing of it, the, the feel of it, the everything else, he had it. He had it. Mm-hmm. His game didn't need to evolve. Okay. He needed to develop one skill set. Okay. Ben Simmons doesn't have one skill set. It's not like he just needs to become a more accurate shooter. That's he needs not, to learn how to shoot. Well, but it's not. It's, that's that's the thing. It's not that he has to learn how to shoot better. Shooting is not something that's part of his game right now. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at a real change to the way you play, the way you approach the game completely. Mm-hmm. When we say his game needs to evolve, okay. it needs to turn into a different creature. Okay, I get that. Can can I can I interject now? Mm-hmm. I understand that, and this is where I believe that you are wrong. And this is where I believe this guy is wrong. I, I this is where I respectfully disagree, because I do I feel like, especially in his argument, I feel like he. I feel like he tried to downplay stats as an art, as an art, as an, uh, I feel like he tried to downplay stats to support his argument. I thought his argument was kind of rudimentary because it's, I, because he, he came at it from, he said he needs to evolve. Of course he needs, he needs to evolve. Mm-hmm. I understand that. There, I feel like when you, people treat, defending Ben Simmons as if you're saying he does not need to evolve. But I feel like people also treat him like he can't in- evolve. But and, uh, no, 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 let me finish. I, let me finish. Let, let me fi- I, no, I just, uh, real quick, that wasn't what the guy said, though. No, he didn't I, say he no, can't. No, I understand that. I understand that. Okay. But however, but I feel like what I feel like when I feel like when you when you downplay stats because I feel like his stats play into his evolve. Into his, I feel it plays into his evolvement. Now we got to get to our next break, but I'm, I'm gonna ask you this question. Okay. What statistics, and I mean any, mm-hmm. indicate an evolution in his game? I feel. I'm sorry. I feel I'm, like I'm okay, asking. I'm answering. I feel like his, he he scores more. He rebounds more. He shot at a better field. Free, uh, free throw percentage and a better field goal percentage. I feel like that plays into it. I'm not what I'm saying is okay. Here is somebody who's get, who gets better, and now and this is the next step of his involvement. If he needs to evolve, I understand that, but I feel like too many people tie into evolve. I think people tie into his need to evolve mm-hmm. with his ability to evolve, whether he's capable of evolving. Okay, and I, and I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. That being said, this specific conversation mm-hmm. where we're talking about, mm-hmm. the guy never said he couldn't evolve. No, I understand that. But I, I, stop, I, I, let, I understand. Hold on, because hold on. I, no, John, no, no, John no, no, hold on, John, hold on. This isn't a, this isn't an, a, this isn't a situation of failing to see his point, John. Okay, hold on. Okay, because because uh, I'm not even aiming this specifically at you, mm-hmm. so much as what I hear from. A lot of Ben Simmons fans, Ben Simmons defenders, okay. is similar. We're not choosing sides when we say his game needs to evolve. Okay. 
when I hear someone say Ben Simmons' game needs to evolve, and I will say the same thing, Mm -hmm. stats are meaningless in that conversation. I don't care his field goal percentage went up. Okay. I don't care if his free throw percentage went up. I don't care if his rebounds went up. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he's still doing the exact same things he was doing, okay. and he's still providing the exact same limitations he was providing to a team. I understand that. When the conversation I, I, is that he needs to evolve, it's more than just be more efficient at the stuff you're mm-hmm. doing. Okay. That, and, okay. And that's actually what the word, when, when you say the word evolve, it's not become more efficient at the stuff you're doing. It's a, it actually has to transform into something different. Mm-hmm. Yes, and this is where this is where the, this is the issue that I have with that scenario, with that concept. And I understand we're up against a break. Mm-hmm. However, I do I disagree. No stats are not meaningless. Stats play a very big part of it. They play they play a huge part of it. I think it's unfair to say no stats are meaningless. Stats are not meaningless because I feel like and let me no, let me make my point. Mm-hmm. Let me make my point because how. Because I feel like too many people, when they talk about his need to evolve, I feel like the stats show that it can. Because if because if you become more if you become more efficient, if you're working hard at becoming more efficient, that at that age, a player 22 years old, mm-hmm. that's the next step. Whether he will, whether he can, I don't know. However, I I see someone who has worked to become more efficient. Mm-hmm. So now the next step is to complete his game. He hasn't, yes, right or wrong, true, true or false. All right. He has an incomplete game. He has a very incomplete game. Okay. He has an incomplete game. Nobody's de- nobody's debating that. Has he shown you any, to ma- st- but, look, has he shown you anything that indicates he's taken any steps towards completing his game since you've seen him on the court in the NBA? The problem that yes or no question yes but what's that what but, but, but this what is the problem you, you asked me this question but I, then you I, sit there and I, then, but you yeah, it was me. a yes or no question yes. I'm asking I'm, you another question yes my next question is what have you seen to make you because you're, you're yeah we're, we're talking about completing a game yes not, I'm not talking about higher percentages of the things you already do well no but, I'm but, talking about but, but, adding to those things. I understand but the the but the efficiency of his game gives me hope that he can that he can complete his game. That's how it ties in. That, okay. that that's how it ties in. But, Whether you but, I mean, but now, you, you can't now now this is now we're up against the break. Then let's take I'm, a break I'm, and let's I'm, come back. Let's, let's, let's take the break not, and let's come we're back. We're not coming back to this topic. Okay. We weren't supposed to be on this topic 15 minutes ago. <laughs> when I tried That's to stop, a, when I tried to stop you 15 no, minutes ago, you wouldn't let me that, stop you. No, it wasn't. No. I tried. I tried. I thought. John, I thought you uh, were right. gonna, okay. Now, okay now, right, I'm gonna right. let the people inside the window now. All right. I'm looking at our timer. It's at 59 minutes. <laughs> at 35. At, at 34 minutes, you were on a rant, and I knew we needed to transition to Houston because we haven't talked about <laughs> Houston yet. We were supposed to do this in this segment. Man, you and brought I, old boy that time to I give want, me some of that smoke, man. And that I was the wanted, problem. And I wanted to stop you, you then old boy that so I could get smoke. my Philly point in and we could get to Houston in the second half of this segment. I gave, gonna- I gave up on Houston in this segment <laughs> because you blew root right through me trying to uh, stop you so mm. we could – so All this, right. this is a Philly segment All right. All right. But that being said – I understand your. I'm not saying Ben Simmons isn't a hard worker. Mm-hmm. That's not what we're mm-hmm. saying. That's not what anyone's saying here. What we're saying 
is that he has to expand the scope of the things he's working yes. on. Yes. That. Yes, but uh, but all, all, all and I understand, and this is my final point on this. Mm-hmm. All we have is a difference of opinion on what gives you hope that he can. I feel like his him improving his efficiency gives me hope that his game will evolve. You asked me, what have I seen from Ben Simmons' game that gives me hope or gives me, mm-hmm. that makes me think that he can evolve? I think his stats and his improvement as his improvement in his efficiency has gives me hope and gives me and makes me think that he will then work on that. Because just like you said, and, 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 uh, and just like you said, does my, you, you know what, you know what. And I, and I, 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 I will I, say this. Mm-hmm. And, I, I know and, we got to and, and, and I love, and I love Ben Simmons, mm-hmm. but I'm going to be consistent when I say this. Okay. Players' instincts, players' tendencies mm-hmm. are the hardest thing to change. Understood. And that's what we're saying has to be changed about Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. So it's not that there's no hope that he can't. Mm-hmm. It's the matter of you can't say he will until he does. Okay. And that's so when we hear us say he needs to evolve, mm-hmm. it's not that we don't have hope that he can. He's very much capable of it. But we've also seen a lot of players that we thought were capable of it that never did. Understood. But we've we've also seen it. We've also seen it. Maybe not as as dramatic. It's far more likely the player's game does not evolve. His style of play does not change mm-hmm. in the NBA than it is that it does. Mm-hmm. Greek freaks evolve. Greek freak. And, you know, I'm the first person to compare Ben Simmons to Greek Freak. I do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Let's also be honest about this. Greek Freak in his rookie year shot over 100 threes even though he was broke. Mm-hmm. Next year he was down in the 80s. Year after that he was back up well over 100. Mm-hmm. And even now while his percentage is not the greatest, it's a shot he likes. He always showed the willingness to shoot it. Okay. Ben Simmons will go a whole season might shoot one. Fine. I understand it. That, so we're, look, I, I, we're looking I, I, at a change of instinct we're, here. we're looking at a change of instinct, but where are we getting this kid at this change of instinct? At 22 going into 23. I'm not saying that, it's, I'm not saying that he's just going to come in next year and he's going to be Reggie Miller. But what I am saying is, look, I believe his, his stats are why I believe. If you're saying take away his stats, push them to the side, what have you seen other than that? I'm telling you, you asked me what did mm-hmm. I need, I'm saying this is what I'm basing this on. And, and that's, that's all I'm and saying. And I got you. And, I, and what I'm saying is that for the rest of us, what we're basing it on is style of play. And style, styles of play often and don't change. That's why you're all wrong and I'm right. Mm-hmm. And that's what everybody said to me about Kyrie, too. No, I, I uh, said I didn't no, say you. I, I said that's what everybody said to me I, about I ain't Kyrie. Everybody, I'm. That's what I'm everybody said to me about Russell Westbrook. That's what everybody said to me about James Harden. All right, and their styles that's, of play don't change. Ben Simmons, at 22, there's still hope. Yes. No one's saying they're not hope. There's not hope. Mm. What, I think there are plenty of people saying there's not hope. Oh, that's maybe not, not this that's guy not, I was talking that's to. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. And that's not what he's. He, okay. That's not what he said either. Okay. And, I, and I'm not trying to jump on you or defend him, but no, it sounded like you were, man. But, Thought but, you was but, my man. You, you take his I am side. your man, which is why, which is why I have to be <laughs> honest with you. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody's not saying he can't, mm-hmm. don't jump on him like he's saying. Which is why his response to you was, "Where are the sweeping indictments?" He was just like, "The guy needs to evolve." You said he needs to evolve. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't be those parents whose kids never do wrong. 
because then your kids don't get better. I hear what you're saying. I hear I hear what you're saying. However, I just don't. I'm not convinced that that's necessarily the case now with Ben Simmons, but I feel like people try to treat it like that's the case because I feel like making the point that he needs to evolve is a pretty rudimentary point because mm-hmm. we all know that he does. It is. Nobody, I don't. We've watched there, him play. Yeah, we watched tell. him play. We know he need. So whether or not he needs to, whether or not he should, that's beside. The, let's let's put that to the side because I, we're all in agreement. He needs to, yes. He, he needs to. What people base, if he can, will he, should, or not, not should, but will he, can he? I think that's what's up for debate because I feel like there are people who believe that he can, who believe that he will, but I feel like those people are treated as if they're giving him a pass. Like I say, I say, 22 years old mm-hmm. has wor- has at least worked to become more efficient. Mm-hmm. To me, that says, okay, it's possible that he can be, he can evolve as a player. But I feel like there are people, we live in a town, you know, I'm not even going to put this on the town because as we both know, there are idiots everywhere. Absolutely. There are idiots everywhere. But we're in a day of age where I feel like people want to make sweeping indictments. I understand, you know, we, we, we've talked about it before, but I feel like if if you're trying to say that this dude, if you're trying to say that this dude that I got into it wasn't saying that, mm-hmm. so be it. However, there are still plenty of people who feel like at this point in time, the book is now written on Ben Simmons. That's just foolish. He's 22. Exactly. And I, you know, and, I, and I've been consistent in my take mm-hmm. that Ben Simmons is 22, and his game is going to one way or another mm-hmm. develop. It's not mm-hmm. going to be the same two, three, four years from now as it mm-hmm. is right now. His body, he's he doesn't have a grown man body. Mm-hmm. He's going to spend more and more time in the NBA with NBA trainers, NBA coaches, skills development, you know, all that stuff going on. Mm-hmm. He's going to improve to the point that I to, to the to the point where we kind of started, where here we are, and now Ben Simmons is in that position is in a position where he has never been, really in his career. He's got heat on him now. Mm-hmm. There's pressure on him now. You know, so to me, I see a 22 year old who has not fully developed. Agree, but has. But has at least become more efficient. Absolutely. We drafted him number one, so that means you, you draft you on not only you yeah you draft upside. on talent and you draft on potential. Yes. So you've seen the talent. All of you, that has been yes. there with Ben Simmons. Yes, it's all there. So for me, I'm like, okay, let's see. You know, here, here he is. Now he's got this pressure on him. Let's see if he develops. Can I play devil's advocate for a second? Sure, and because I and not before I ask this question, mm-hmm. I believe Ben Simmons is fully capable of seeing the growth that we need to see from him. Mm-hmm. That being said, my one question is this: with Ben Simmons and the things we need to see, the things we need to see from Ben Simmons being what they are, mm-hmm. is there a player in the NBA you've actually seen that type of evolution from ever? 
I know mm-hmm. we want to say Giannis is the closest cop. Mm-hmm. That's one I like to use as well. Mm-hmm. But realistically, Giannis always had a greater willingness to shoot from the outside than Ben has displayed. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, and then, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying Ben can't. I'm I'm truly asking. Okay, then. Because you know, because we're, okay. cause we're building this on hope right now. We're building, we're we're, 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 build, we're building this on hope, but uh, also, so I guess we have my to, question is: Is this a realistic hope? I think it is. I think it is because honestly, what else do we have to go on? What else do we have? But that's what I mean. Like NBA, we hope, yeah. But NBA history says but, uh, players don't honestly, change their style of play that but much. But honestly, it's like, look, we can't, we can't be we're not in a position to not at least understand that there's part of this that's just unprecedented oh it's absolutely unprecedented. It's unprecedented and it's like okay you know what i don't necessarily to me i guess this whole process for a lack of a better term mm-hmm. you know this whole process has been you know doing things differently and now we we put we've put ourselves in a position where it's like, look, you know, these are this is the basket our eggs are in. Can I ask a question? Go ahead. An X and O question. You know, I I try not to go too deep into X's and O's, but I'll, so I'll keep it do, fairly do, basic. Do, do, do you really? I do. I actually do. I okay. actually do. Okay. 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 But I'm gonna keep this one very, fairly basic. Okay. Do you think the Sixers would be better served moving Ben Simmons off the point guard? Do I think, honestly, no. And let me explain. Let me explain to you why. I like Ben Simmons running the point because one, I believe he sees the I he sees the court. He is a facilitator. He gets to the basket better than a lot of point guards. I think that's un that's an understated part of his game. That is a part of his game that not enough people give him credit for. And honestly, it's what makes him lethal. Now, moving him off the ball has also been beneficial because it it provides matchup problems. It presents matchup problems. You saw it in this. You saw it in the Toronto series. When you move Ben off the ball, you move him down on the block. Who goes down there to guard him? Who stays up top when Jimmy Butler is bringing the ball? When Jimmy Butler is bringing the ball up, who who stays back? Who stays up front to guard him? Who goes down on the block and guards ben, and guards Ben Simmons? I like that ma- I like that matchup problem. So I like Ben at the point, but I like the ability and the uh, I like what moving him off the ball also does. And, I, and that's I, exactly I, why I asked because mm-hmm. you saw Brett Brown towards the end of the season, then a lot through the playoffs mm-hmm. using Jimmy Butler mm-hmm. on the ball. Mm-hmm. Because, but I, I, I guess, what and, and I think mm-hmm. a big, pre, at least from my perspective, a big reason that th- that was it kept the de- the point of attack of the defense mm-hmm. honest. It kept the defense extended because even though Jimmy Butler is not the greatest shooter in the world, you have he to respect said, his you have shot. To respect his shot, and he has a but, willingness to shoot it. But I, I, I guess what what I like about it, and in the end, all I'm saying is I like Jimmy Butler. You know, sporadically playing the point, playing the point at times. Mm-hmm. I don't think that you need to move Ben Simmons off the ball permanently. Okay, but that also leaves you with situations like, for example, 
a 96 Bulls situation where Scottie Pippen did a lot of the ball handling, mm-hmm. but there wasn't a real full-time a real point, point guard, guard on yeah. the court. Mm-hmm. It was you put you constructed a roster and an offense that operated in a sense where yeah, you had two, you had whoever, two, well, you had two it wasn't shooting. just two well, it wasn't just two because because if you really look at where that offense operated anybody that wasn't playing four or five mm-hmm. could bring the ball up and start the offense mm-hmm. and when I say anybody I yeah. mean Pippen Jordan, Jordan Harper Ron Harper yeah. Coo Coach Steve Kerr mm-hmm. Judd Bushler. Yeah. Anybody in that offense could bring the ball yeah, up. They and play positional as basketball, and I mm-hmm. think that I think honestly, that's kind of that's that's you see a lot of that with Brett Brown, where you see the defensive switches. Mm-hmm. How many times do you watch? And it's it's you see it enough times now where it's like you don't even you don't even bat an eyelash. How many times did Joel and B cover Kyle uh, Kyle Lowry? You know, you saw it, and I think, but that's part of what Brett Brown does, and I think that's why it's like I like Jimmy Butler playing a point. I don't think Jimmy Butler needs to be the full time point guard, and I don't think that necessarily like if they go get you know if they get another bring in another point guard in the off season. Mm-hmm. I don't think oh, they, I think they have to bring in another point guard, but it doesn't have to be a starting point guard. Do they need a starting point guard? Define starting point guard. When I mean, I, and I understand the technical <laughs> definition. Of I was about to say when, when, when the fireworks go off and the fire. What, what I mean more so is what caliber of player are you talking about? Are you talking about like a stud all star quality point guard? Okay, all right. Or are you talking just, about somebody who can play the position on the court? Like let me Patrick talk. Let, let me talk complete hypothetical. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I mean? see. What, I see what you're saying. Let me throw out complete hypothetical. This is not. You know, anything other than just me throwing out a name for conversation's sake. Okay. Because I'm on Facebook, you're not. I'm not. So you don't you don't engage in Facebook group Sixers Facebook Sixers group no. conversations. No. So I enjoy the peace peace of mind. Yeah, you're you're probably better for it. <laughs> but nonetheless, like say Terry Rosier wants out. Mm-hmm. Would you bring him in as a starting point guard? I would give it serious thought. Serious thought. Mm -hmm. But probably not. Okay. While I do like the idea of someone that can handle the ball being out there and someone that gets to create a shot for other players being out there with that starting five unit. Mm Mm-hmm. And honestly, you've heard me say this before. My ideal situation would be to bring Reddick off the bench. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily want someone who is as ball dominant as Rozier. Okay. I would. I would almost like to see. No, hold hold on. As you think, as you oh, think of that name, I you, have, I, it's not a name. I, I have a name in my head. I just can't believe I was bringing myself to say this. Go ahead. With a, in a with a combination of Ben Simmons in the backcourt as your running mate, I would actually really kind of like to see an Iverson style point guard. I mean Iverson style shooting guard. You're not there. about to say who I think you're about to say, are you? 
No, I'm not going to say Kyrie Irving. Oh. Although I do actually think it could work. Okay. I was about to say. I do actually think that could work. In a year? And the reason I think it could work Mm -hmm. would be similar to why it worked with Kyrie and LeBron. Mm -hmm. You keep Kyrie off the ball. Mm-hmm. Now, if Kyrie wants to come here and actually be the primary ball handler, then no, it doesn't work. You move Kyrie off the ball offensively and make two. him a two offensively, yeah, make him the two. then it works. Okay, then then, then to me, for the sake of conversation, you're not bringing in another point guard. You're bringing in a two guard. You're just bringing a two guard whose natural position. I'm looking to bring original a combo position. guard is the best way to okay. I could say. Okay. I'm looking to bring a combo okay. guard. Like a con- see, to, to me, for the sake of the conversation, Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like the need for a combo guard differs from the need from a point guard. I don't guard. want a full-time point guard. Okay. Okay. I not a Understood. I do not want a full-time point guard. Understood. I want Understood. a combo guard. Somebody can play on the ball, play off the ball and do well either way. See, here's the and here's the thing. And and I I put out t- Terry Rozier because like, I, I I actually could give you a name of somebody who I think would fit very well with the Sixers who? that's probably off the I don't I don't, don't know how available he'll be off the, this offseason. But a Patrick Beverly type. Okay. Could do very well with the Philadelphia 76ers. Mm-hmm. Agree. Would you put him would you, would you put him in a, as a starter? Yeah. You brought him in Absolutely. he starts. He starts, he starts him and Ben overrated. Simmons. Okay. Okay. He makes my backcourt much better defensively. Mm-hmm. He's not J.J. Redick wet from the outside, but you have to respect his outside shot. Mm-hmm. And then I could still have a guy, a Redick type, as my pop yeah. off the bench. And I think Redick – As my offensive pop off the bench, Redick would be great. And even as – and even – Redick's – Reddick is mature enough to understand where he is in his career. And he spent most of his career coming, coming off, off the, the bench, bench as a six man. It's a role he can yeah. ha- he knows how to handle yeah. and flourish. And I th- like he might not have been co- necessary. He might not have been in love with the idea of coming in off the bench in favor of Markel Fultz to start the season. Mm-hmm. But he understood. But I felt he like he understood he why. It. Yeah, he understood he why it had to. Yeah. It. He didn't yes. try to ruin the exactly. team. Exactly. Exactly. Yes, he's a yeah, prof- he's a page. professional. He's a pro. He's a pro. He's a pro's pro. Now and if I give me Reddick mm-hmm. off the bench, who could give me some offensive pop, stretch the floor, and mm-hmm. give me a combo, a tough defensive combo, combo guard, guard yeah. and who could stretch the floor, but isn't necessarily looking for shots all the time in the starting lineup. That I think would take make make the Sixers a true championship contender. Okay, you've heard me say from. I guess trade deadline yeah. when we're talking to Anthony Gilbert to even before the one thing I see as a real problem for the Philadelphia 76ers is the defensive perimeter. Mm. And I think guard, that showed guard, itself yeah. in the per, in the pl- postseason yeah. the defensive perimeter. I thought they con- I thought they'd worked on it, it but it improved I, but it, it, it improved there's, there's room but, for more improvement. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. I I'm kind of I'm pivoting now because I said Terry Rozier. I just threw that out there because that was just a name. Yeah, that was a name, and I talked about you know me being in Facebook groups, and people are always enamored with names. It's a point that I make on plenty of podcasts, plenty of times. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm never opposed to getting somebody better. Never. I am opposed to getting somebody else. Just for the sake of getting someone. Yeah. I, I will say this. 
anybody can be replaced, mm -hmm. not every replacement is an upgrade. Exactly. I only want to see whether player, coach, front office, I only want the replacement if we're upgrading. I want somebody better, not somebody else. Exactly. I am glad this week that Sixers front office put to bed any conversation about coaching changes. Because here's the problem. We let's be real about this fan base. I understand they're idiots everywhere. Can I make this way more simple? Hmm? Can I make this way more simple? No, because I got time to fill. Okay. I don't want simple. I want to expound. All right. And then I'll let you make it simple. Okay. All right. So hold that thought. We live in a town that's in, in love with the narrative. We live in a town where when your team don't when teams don't win, there will always be a pocket of fans. Some are louder than others that say, hey, man, this team didn't win. Blow it up. Start all over. Always. We always want the team to blow it up and start all over. The problem is a couple of years ago, 76ers actually did it. Blew it all up and started all over. They rebuilt their team. They were able to find two franchise players to build around. They're continuing to build around it. The second in the second year of them actually taking that step forward didn't produce a championship. Smart people like Mike Jones didn't think they would all along. Thought they were good, didn't think they were championship good. Is that correct? Not ready. Not ready. Talented enough. Talented not ready. enough, not not ready. Understood. That's not an indictment. That's not a you know. That's that's not a knock on them. That's just the reality of that's just the reality of the situation. But as as usual, now here we are once again, and there are still fans who say we need to blow, we need to trade Ben Simmons, we need to fire Brett Brown, and I tie that into my my point because I know Mike, you talked, you've had this conversation. There was a name that used to, that 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 has come up a bunch of times as far as the coaching change. People talking about firing Brett Brown, and for me, when I always I always say I want somebody better, not somebody else. You want to fire Brett Brown? You don't believe that Brett Brown is the guy? Okay, my next question will always be, well, then who do you bring in? These are the names I've heard. These are the number. These are the top three names I have heard. Number three, Tim Legler. Number two, Jeff Van Gundy. And number one, Mark Jackson. And not Temple Mark Jackson either. I really almost stuck my middle finger up at you. <laughs> which one? Which name, which name almost drew the middle finger? Tell me. There was only one that did. There's only one that did not. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he has no NBA head coaching experience. So Tim Legler did not warrant the middle finger. No. And that's simply because he has no NBA head coaching experience. He might actually end up being good. Mm -hmm. The other two already know about them. You do already know about them. Mm -hmm. True or false, Mark Jackson is somebody else, not somebody better. 
Do you agree with that? Do you agree with that sentiment? False. He's not somebody. He's not somebody better or somebody else. He's somebody worse. Mark, say that again for the people he's in the back. Somebody worse. Mark Jackson is somebody worse than Brett Brown. Yes, he's not as good a coach as Brett Brown. Why? And, and understand something. I'm setting you up. You are the Sean Kemp to my great uh, to, to my Gary Payton right now. I'm get, I'm I'm throwing up that lob. Why? Do you remember Mark Jackson as a head coach? Yes. Golden State Warriors. Yes. Stephen Clay, yes. David Lee, yes. Draymond off the bench, yes. starting Iguodala, that team. Mm-hmm. One fifty game. One fifty. How'd they do in the playoffs? Oh, uh, they didn't. Do you remember what they looked like on the court? Yes. Kind of sloppy, a lot of turnovers. Mm-hmm. Not a real, not a real structure that you could depend on. It was like a talented team that would never really get over the hump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what they look like under Mark Jackson. Mark, ja- Mark Jackson's summer, a name. In one summer, a new coach comes in puts in a system, and they look like a completely different team the next year. They actually won a championship the next year. The literally, the very next year. Mm-hmm. Four straight championships. Four well, four straight NBA finals. Mm-hmm. Three championships. Three championships. Going, and there's a and good chance that they could win, they could fourth win a fourth. Five years. Yes. yes Tell me if the Warriors, Mark Jackson had had this core mm-hmm. when they were young, when they when they when they were young, you know, at the cusp of what they could be. Mm-hmm. They fire him. Yeah. They then go on to become the greatest team of this uh, of this generation of this generation. Yes. If we believe that Brett Brown is not the guy to get this young Sixers team over the home. Why in the world will we bring in Mark Jackson? What sense does that make? How honest of a question do you want? Do you really want me to be honest right now? Bro, give me. Do you want me to give I you want like the, the honesty. Raw, I'm like asking. Get, get calm right. and get raw with it. Go in. You nice. Go ahead. I ju- you know, this this is a topic I generally avoid. Why? But, but I'm going to go in. Right okay, now. go ahead. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go here. The people who are tossing Mark Jackson's name around to you, mm-hmm. do they have anything in common? Yes. What do they have in common? They're all on Facebook giving their opinions for free. What else do they have in common? They're not smart. Anything else? All right, go on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Search the people who are selling you to, to sign Mark Jackson. Mm-hmm. Look at their picture. <laughs> and tell me if there's any common thread. Basically, what I'm getting at okay. is that there is a... 90% of the NBA players are African American. Mm-hmm. There are, what, eight black head coaches? Mm-hmm. And there's a significant 
portion of basketball fans, mostly African American, who would like to see more black coaches get a chance. Okay. Rather than seeing the same, uh, a lot of the same other coaches get cycled through over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And while it may be true, you need new guys, get opportunities, and maybe some of these other guys should have got more opportunities. Mm -hmm. Mark Jackson's not the hill to die on. And I agree. There probably should be more opportunities given to minority coaches. But generally, the people who are throwing out Mark Jackson's name are people who are of the group that would like to see more, minor, more minority coaches, and rightfully so. But Mark Jackson has kind of become a default name for that group. Mm. We're like, well, who you not? Mark Jackson. Like, he's the only name out there with experience that is available, and he hasn't got. And they're like, oh, mm. we won 150 games. And, 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 and they look mm. at the surface of it. Or, and, and, he, and I actually hear people say, well, he put that team together. No, he didn't. He wasn't the GM. He was not the GM. He did not put that team together. He may have had some say in recognizing the talent. He did not assemble that team, but he gets credit for it. Oh, yeah, Steve Kerr won with Mark Jackson's team. No, Steve Kerr won with Golden State's team. Mm. Golden State put that team together. Steve Kerr taught them how to play championship ball. You remember years years ago, you know, Greg Popovich has been coach of the Spurs for a very long time. 20 years plus. You remember who the coach was before Greg Popovich? It's Bob Hill. Remember mm -hmm. Bob Hill? Yeah, I remember Bob Hill. Bob Hill was the coach. Of, was was the coach. He coached a lot of teams. Coached a lot of teams. Coached, coached uh, the Orlando Magic. And the Pacers, the too. Pacers. Pacers. Pacers with Reggie Miller. I think, mm -hmm. he, I think he was after Larry Brown. Yeah. I, I say all this to – I say all this because he was the coach. You know, you had David Robinson. You had Tim Duncan at the very beginning. They fired him. Nobody says Greg Popovich won with Bob Hill's team. Exactly. You know, nobody says that. Nobody. Now I, I'm. I, I feel like people, say people get Jackson won with Doug with Doug Collins's team? team. No. No. Or did no, he no, win no. with Del Harris's team in L.A.? No. no. Nobody says that. You know. But that that's the the story you hear surrounding Steve Kerr. Oh, he won with Mark Jackson's team. No. I he think took Golden State's team and made them a real championship team. People see Mark Jackson on to me. Mark Jackson is on television explaining basketball for a reason. Mm -hmm. It's because that's where he belongs. Jeff Van Gundy too. I don't even Je think Van Gundy belongs there. I'm, okay, he's but just bad. But nonetheless, Jeff Van Gundy more than I disagree I with think you. Van, well. That's because you just like being wrong, but still. <laughs> but nonetheless, Van Gundy has a very old man yells at cloud mentality, you know. That's and that's 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 Van Gundy. He's old crotchety white dude, you know, just mad at the world. But nonetheless, it's like he's not. They're they're on TV for a reason. Stop getting enamored with people who are on TV talking about basketball. I don't know if there's anybody presently on television talking about basketball who could coach basketball better than anybody who's presently coaching basketball, especially coaching basketball for the Philadelphia 76ers. 
And that's not to say that Brett Brown is perfect. I'm not calling Brett Brown Red Arbach. I'm not calling Brett Brown Greg Popovich. I'm not even calling I'm not calling Brett Brown Phil Jackson. I know that if my choices are Brett Brown or Mark Jackson, I'll take Brett Brown. All right. Let's do it the other way. Okay. Eliminate Doc Rivers, Steve Kerr, and Popovich. Mm-hmm. How many coaches in the league would you really replace Brett Brown for? Active co- coaches with jobs, not even guys that are out there available. Guys who actually have jobs. You eliminate those three. Brett Brown, Steve Kerr, not Brett Brown, excuse me. Doc Steve, Rivers. Doc Rivers, Steve Kerr, and Popovich. Eliminate those three. How many coaches would you actually replace Brett Brown with? That list for me is very short. What's your list? Give me your list. Brad Stevens. Okay. Yeah. Maybe Quinn Snyder. Maybe. Mm. Maybe. It, that's still incomplete. He's right there, kind of on I, equal footing to me with yeah, Brett Brown. I, I, I would, I would take Steve. I would take Stevens more than Snyder. Snyder's okay. kind of on, on, a, on an equal plane to me with Brett Brown. They're both. I think they're both good coaches. Think, yeah, yeah. I mean, neither but, of them are bad coaches, but I would say Stevens. Yeah, Snyder. Eh, yeah. Eh. That's what I mean. It's a yeah, but, short, oh, but is that your list? That's, that's that's my list. That's your list. Okay. That's what I mean. It's a short list. Mm. I'm not taking Dan Tony. Mm-hmm. No, like, well, think about Nate Co- Spolster in Miami. Mm. Uh, I mean, what is Ty Lu? Come on, or Frank Vogel, or like, these are the names we're talking about. I want, no. um, maybe, maybe, maybe Dwayne Casey. Maybe, maybe. yeah, exactly. What's he I mean, shown? But, but that's just that is just it, you know. These are names. We're throwing out names. We're, we're reaching, struggling, yeah. trying to think. We're reaching, struggling, trying coaches. to get names. And that's all these dudes are. They're names. That's all they are. So that's what I mean. Like, we're actually talking about finding an upgrade for Brett Brown. That's what I want. If um, I, uh, That's what I would want if we fire Brett Brown. When you t- I when think people, Brett Brown's a good coach, and I when don't people, fire him. When people Let me be say, clear with that first. I, I'm with you. All I'm saying is to – because I like to argue. I like to debate. When people tell me they want to fire Brett Brown, my next question is, okay, who do you bring in? Let's see, you're better than me. I don't ask that question. I either just end the conversation or I tell them they're an idiot and they don't know basketball because mm-hmm. Brett Brown's See, a good coach. That's, that's just me. I like to smoke. I, you know, I want you know, I want oh, to if smoke. Oh, you tell somebody they're an idiot and don't know basketball, you're going to get all the smoke. Well, no, well, no, no. I, <laughs> you're going to get all of it if you tell somebody that. That is true. And, I'm, but and I'll I, happily see, tell I like you somebody to, that. I understand, but see, that's just too deliberate. With you know, I I want to I want to build up to that point. Mm-hmm. Let me get a few. Let me let me make a few points before. I call you an idiot and tell you you don't know basketball. And it can go either way. You know, mm-hmm. it's easy. Look, as as you can see, because you was over here riding for your man, uh, Dumas. Yeah, yeah, screw that guy. Jason Dumas, he was over here riding for him earlier. It's like, look, you know, whatever. He called me a clown. I ain't call him no clown. I just said, I just said, he, I thought he sounded pompous. 
because he said a player needs to get no, I thought, to evolve his game? No, because he because he said that he wants to eliminate he said don't feed him don't just feed him stats. I'll tell you the same thing. I understand. And you're both wrong. But you know, that's I mean that's just it. The thing is people always tell me I'm wrong right up until I'm right. Okay. Well, I've been telling you you're wrong for like a year. I, I, I'm, I'll tell you you're right when you're right. Just it it ain't here. <laughs> but that's beside the point. Bottom line is I'm glad that I'm glad Sixers front office kind of deaded this issue with the coaching change. Brett's going to be here. Ben's going to be here. Joel's going to be here. I hope Jimmy's going to be here. I've said on Twitter. I've said to you. And here's here here might be your opportunity to show me that I'm wrong because I say this and all I have is a hunch. And I I don't think it will take the max to get Jimmy back here. But I understand why people believe it, primarily because Jimmy said it. <laughs> but I think that when he looks at his options – when he looks at his options and the window that he has to actually win something meaningful, as long as the Sixers don't insult him with an offer, he'll come back here. Once again, that's not based on any analysis. That's not based on, you know, any NBA intelligence. I don't have any sources. I don't have anything. All I have is a feeling going off the same thing that you said. I see a guy who seemingly wants to come back here, who seems happy to be here, happy to play for this coach, happy to play with these teammates, happy for the opportunity to have two young, teachable teammates. And I think that as long as the Sixers don't insult him with an offer and come to him with an offer that's some straight, you know, low ball, he'll stay here. But I could be wrong. If they got to give him the max, so be it. But I, I want to think. I, I think it won't take that much. I don't think the Sixers even get into the business of a low ball offer. I think they tell Jimmy, "Go find out what people are telling you. Tell us what it is, and we'll go from there." I can see. I, I, I can see that happening too. Like, like and hey, just give if us. He really wants to explore yeah. the market in the first place, mm -hmm. which. I'm not sure he does. Mm -hmm. I can see that happening. Yeah. Unless he's going to Golden State, how many better situations are there for? Mm -hmm. Real honestly, mm -hmm. outside of Philly, considering Jimmy Butler's position, skill set, age, mm -hmm. and what his the window on his career is, what's a better situation for? Can't think of one. Let me ask you real quick. Uh, I'm I'm not trying to get on too far on the tangent. Do you think Kawhi comes back to Toronto? I think it depends on what happens with the remainder of the playoffs. Mm. The only way I think he stays in Toronto is if he gets hardware. Okay. He gets hardware. It's hard to leave. 
you talking about the big hardware or are you talk about conference hard, hard you know uh, you you, just, you talk about uh, the big the big participation trophy people count conference trophies people count those not in as far as legacy no okay Okay. All right. No, I'm just, that was just a point. I'm just asking. No, that, that was just a point of clarification. So, Kawhi, if once again, Kawhi Jets, mm-hmm. Kawhi leaves Toronto. Would you want to pay fifty percent taxes for every game you played at no, home? No, no. Kawhi Jets, Jimmy stays. Mm-hmm. Sixers second, top top two team in the East next season. Yes. Yes. Okay. Championship contender. Sixers should be a top two okay. team in the East okay. next year. Of course, we. There's one wild card. Ben? Kyrie could leave Boston, and they could end up being good again. Okay. Which would make the top three quite interesting. It'd make the top point. three, but uh, Boston could be a top three team without Kyrie. Yes. But if you're the Sixers, are you afraid of Boston? No. Okay. That's all I need to know. And I'm definitely not afraid if they address their defensive deficiencies in the backcourt. Okay. If they address that, then I'm really not afraid of anybody. Bottom line. Anybody. Bottom line is this team has some heat on them. This team has some heat on them up and down. Elton Brand has some heat. Brett Elton Brand has some heat. Brett Brown has some heat. Joel has some heat. Ben has some heat. But it could lead to something real good in South Philly come the start of next season. It's going to be a very interesting offseason. It all start. Would you say it all starts with the draft? You got the 24th pick. The draft is a part of it, but, but I not, honestly think the yeah. draft is a very, very small, small okay. part of it. Agree. Agree. Now, had that Sacramento pick actually turned into something last me, night. I was sitting there trying to think. I was sitting there trying to think of something, something crazy. Good. I was trying to think of something crazy I would do if the Sixers somehow ended up with the number one pick, but I couldn't think of one. And by the time I had given up, it was already official that they weren't getting the pick. But it would have been nice. But we all know, you know, we 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 knew that was a long shot. Yeah, you, mean, you had the worst odds in the lottery of yeah. And you had to actually get number one to get the pick. Yeah. It was it was a dream. It, it was a it, nice it was dream, a dream. But it was a dream. Yeah. But you know, Boston getting Boston only ending up with the fourteenth pick. You know, I, I I can live with that. You know, had they ended up with like the two you know, had Boston ended up getting like the two uh number two pick or something, that would have been a problem. That'd have definitely been a problem. Well, look, you tell me what you think of today's show. You tell me what you think of this edition of 83 to Infinity. Hit us up, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at B-I-T-W Sports. Remember, you can download this podcast at any time. Go to SoundCloud.com slash B-I-T-W Sports. Or search iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. Search the best in the world sports report. My name is John Brown. This is Mike Jones. Who? You heard what I said. I said, this is Mike Jones. Word. Yeah. Now look, man. Back then, I ain't one. But 
now he's hot. Now he rolls with, you know, he rolls with the best in the world crew. Now he rolls with 83 to infinity. Now that offense, defense, and discourse is now pretty much, you know, we, we got Friday mornings on lock on a whole bunch of different websites. They all on it. And I just sit back and watch because it's a beautiful thing to see. Truly a beautiful thing to see. All right, look, y'all, we are out of here. We will catch you guys next time on 83 Till Infinity. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com slash B-I-T-W Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World.